Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti. I'm with Andrew P. Shea. Ross will be along a little bit later in quarter number two. And, of course, number quarter number three is Ask Ross. And then in quarter number four, we have a real special guest, so you want to stick around for that. Andy, before we get started, just want to let our folks know that in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, Keystone Sports Network, we're offering the opportunity to travel to Auburn. For the Penn State-Auburn football game in September, got a charter flight scheduled, you get to stay at the team hotel, you get transportation to and from the game, a great tailgate party at the stadium. Dustin and I are going to be going, we're even going to be doing a podcast on location there, so if you want to be part of the show, get your question on the air, we're going to do an Ask Dustin kind of thing then, that will be your opportunity. So if you want more information, and we hope you will choose to join us, go to athletictravel.com, or you can call 800-788-4414 for all the information. It's going to be a great time. All right, Andy, let's get started with our news and notes. Um, As usual on the Wednesday, that's the Meet the Media Day. Give the uh, press a little bit of a chance to see practice or at least a few minutes of it and with James Franklin's uh, meet the media event one thing that stuck out to me was he he talked about his process on the transfer portal can you explain what it was he said and your thoughts on that so basically what he said was um, him and Manny Diaz both spoke about it yesterday and they kind of were on the same page because Diaz has obviously as we know he he was Miami's head coach so he has experience his own experience as a coach in the transfer portal and you know you always Franklin never really explained it in clear terms but what stood out to me was there's sort of a fit in the locker room and off the field that that he puts through in his process that matters as much as you know, there is a need and we need, you know, we need a guy at this position and we just want to get anybody to fill them. And Diaz backed it up sort of like, why is he transferring? Why is he leaving? And there's a million different reasons why kids leave school these days, right? Because it's all centered on the transfer portals open, so it's available to them. That's number one for everybody. But then the reasons why, what what they are. Who? So there's an inter, sort of an interview process that Franklin likes to go through and an informational gathering process. And it's not necessarily centered on the field. It's is there a complement to this in the locker room and sort of off the field that makes this guy kind of somebody we want to pursue at Penn State. So as big a need as they sometimes have on the field, I'm pretty sure James Franklin's taken some passes and this staff has taken some passes on players because out of the transfer portal because it's just that you can't upset your locker room. You can't upset the app card. Hey, the guys you recruit out of high school are the guys you recruit. They're the guys you bring in and make part of your team. But if you're going to bring somebody from another school in, 
there's an extra level of caution that James likes to put in play here that obviously from listening to him speak and talk about it was very important to him. So I gleaned that more than anything and, and found it interesting and intriguing that he was that sort of forthcoming and sort of laid it out for him. And, and it wasn't necessarily for any reason or any saying we didn't get this guy or we got that guy. It was just like, this is what I have to do and how I think it's best for us. I think you also have to look at it, Andy. There's a couple major reasons why these kids transfer. The most obvious one is I'm not getting playing time. I'm not getting reps. I was beaten out at my current uh, school, which means probably they're not as good as the starter. So you got to be careful when you're going there. It may be, hey, there's just a superstar ahead of them. I find it interesting, though, that the headliner last year on the transfer portal was Arnold Ibikidi, Yep. who was a good player at Temple, but wanted to move up a level in competition. And right. the move from Temple to Penn State, that's what it was about. If you look this year, Mitchell Tinsley, the uh, wide, receiver wide receiver coming from Western Kentucky, Correct. it's kind of the same thing. Correct. He's looking to take that step up and – and I think that's a pretty good profile when you're going into the transfer portal. Yeah, and I think James has sort of identified that. Derek Tangelo was the same way, right, coming from Duke to Penn State. Do you say the eight, going from the ACC to the Big Ten is a step up? I would say yes, but it's also you're going from a bottom feeder in the ACC to a program in the top third of the Big Ten. And that in the Big Ten, his position is highlighted more. So... I think one of the things James is looking for is guys that are looking to step up and if there's a need at Penn State, but you're 100% right that guys that are looking to make themselves more viable for the NFL seem to be a transfer portal option that James likes to look at in terms of if they, well, even if they don't necessarily have a need. I mean, did they really have a need that we saw at DN last year to the level of Arnold Ebikidi? Maybe, maybe not, but... After he played, you were like, oh, uh, yeah, this guy's good. Uh, Manny Diaz also met the media. And all of these where the coach uh, meets the media, you have a situation. If if a reporter asks about a specific player, you're not going to hear anything negative. You're going to hear he works hard. He's a competitor. You're going to hear those things. So um, you have to kind of work your way through to find you know the news item. And the one th a quote that stuck out to me is he was asked about uh, pass coverage, and he's talking about it. And his quote was, best pass coverage is a pass rush. And I think that's an indicator. We've seen it with his Miami teams. They very often were high in the rankings for tackles for loss and with sacks. I think that's an indicator of what we're going to see from Manny Diaz's defenses this year. Yeah, even as a defensive coordinator, and then when he became Miami's head coach, he's always been an aggressive coordinator. His defensive have, defenses have always been, uh, you know, reaction, uh, proaction, proactive first, reactive second, right? Like, they will take the game to guys, and it... it if you watched him as a coordinator, as a head coach, it was a little bit of a detriment at times because they were when they didn't have the personnel, they were overly aggressive. But there is 
you are going to see a different kind of aggression. Like, I think, you know, I think Brett would more, he was smartly aggressive, right? Like, not cautiously, he was smartly aggressive, and he was more of a picker and chooser. I think Manny Diaz, in, in based on his past track record, he's, he's, he's more overtly in-your-face aggressive, and that's the way he's going to build this defense. There's, there's going to be new communication strategies. There's going to be new language. There's a new philosophy. There's new, you know, fundam- fundamentals in terms of the framework of the defense and set up with the new coordinator. So this is a big learning curve for the guys that are going to be tasked for bringing that heat and being responsible for recognizing what they, what pressures they are going to bring. So it's a lot of change in the, in the circles and going from inherently smartly aggressive to overtly aggressive is going to be a big change. Players are going to love it. How effective it is on the field will be a work in progress. And as always, a great coach once said, it's not just the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy and Joe's who determine whether these things work, not not just the technique. Um, Andy, there was an article that came out that caught my eye and uh, sent it over to you. Now, these kind of articles, you see them online all the time. They're as much clickbait as anything else. It's one guy's opinion. But I wanted to get your take on it, and it was most overrated coaches in college football. Number one on the list, he had James Franklin. I was curious what your reaction to that is. Yeah, as a as a former journalist, first of all, I just want to say as a former, unless you've been a coach, I, I just think it takes a special kind of ignorantly arrogant to sort of do this, but let's talk about it. Is James slightly overrated? Is he number one in college football? I don't know, but I don't think he's far from number one. And and the reason I say that is there's a couple, there's a two things in play here. One is he's been there, you know, he's approaching being on um, being a decade, you know, he's approaching a decade at Penn state. That's more than enough time. Secondly is the results matter. And thirdly is how much are you getting paid and what is your contract status? So I would counter and argue against that and say, okay, as a CEO you know, the guy running the program, I think he's really good. I don't think he's overrated. As a recruiter, if you think he's overrated as a recruiter, then you just don't know what the heck you're talking about. It's simply the sort of the football coach part of it, the results-oriented, the Saturday part of it. I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I, we go back to it. They're 11-11 and 11 the last two years. That is not good enough. That is mediocrity. And especially after a, a fast start in 2021 and then a fall off a cliff like that, where, okay, so your quarterback was beat up and hurt. Are you telling me that with that's all you got in your dossier is that your quarterback was hurt? Come on, it's got to be more stable than that if you're going to want to be considered a strong program. So I get it. I think it's not far from number one. I don't think he's number one, but I think he's in the top three for sure. And it's centered on the results of the last two years. Well, I'm going to – I'll do the counterpoint here a little bit, Andy. I think when you do these kind of things, uh, the circumstances. James Franklin, he's high profile. Just signed a very big contract extension. Yep. As you said, 5-0, and top five team in the country. And then 
just fall off the cliff. They put all of that together. Boom, there's overrated. You know, he's still the same coach he was a couple years ago who won the uh, Big Ten championship. But there is no doubt he's had two down years. That can't keep going. But it's that profile. It's Mel Tucker's at Michigan State. He just signed a big contract. He had a really good season. But guess what? If Michigan State goes 500 this coming year, we'll get another one of these articles, and Mel Tucker will be your most overrated coach because he had just signed a big contract, just had a great season, and then the following year, there's the drop-off. All right, Andy, unfortunately, that is it for quarter number one. Stick around. Quarter number two, we have Ross back in. And stick around also. Quarter number four, we've got a very special guest that you'll want to hear. Stay tuned. Attention Penn State alumni, trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran need your support. Your alumni trustees have fought to debunk the free report and to honor Joe and Sue Paterno. And they led the charge on an unprecedented tuition freeze, saving students and their families thousands. Independent leadership for a better Penn State. Vote to re-elect alumni trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Voting begins Sunday, April 10th. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. There's nothing better than following your favorite team on the road. Thanks to Collegiate Athletic Travel, you can get your chance this fall as the Nittany Lions fly south to face the Auburn Tigers. Take a non-stop charter flight from Harrisburg. Accommodation included. Not two hours away in Atlanta, but at the team hotel. Transportation to and from the game is also included, as well as a tailgate party at the stadium. Go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for all the information. 